Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. That's me slinging my menstrual blood like I'm fucking spider woman. <laughs> That's great. All right. So should we start the episode about Columbine? It's not a porcupine. It's Columbine. I know. Where is this thing? God damn it, Ben. That's good. That's no, that start. bad. I want to start it with it's not a porcupine. It's Columbine. I don't know. I don't think so. It's really <laughs> bad. Good. That is offensively bad. You're laughing way too hard at that. It's gold. <laughs> Eric Harris, Dylan Klebold. Of course, today we're discussing Columbine. Um, you know, today we're going to be talking about Columbine, which yes. is, um, d- you know, despite the normal tone of the show, it's a very serious subject. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm again, I'm being not sarcastic <laughs> as much as humanly. No, very really, serious. seriously, no. Th- this could be described as a very special episode of very last s- podcast. High school was hard for everybody, yeah, and it became more difficult after. Uh, 420 1999. Yeah, 1999. Like, first of all, uh, the book that I took, that we took most of our research from, is called Columbine by Dave Cullen. It is a fucking stellar book. And I will tell you, to the point in which it gave me nightmares of, about being back in high school. Uh, yeah, Dave Cullen wrote this amazing book. Uh, this episode, we're not going to get into the gory details. We're not going to talk about them walking through the school. We're not going to talk about all of the carnage and death and blood. What we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about the actual dickheads themselves, uh, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold, and uh, the media coverage, uh, the church's reaction to it, and all the things surrounding Columbine. You're basically watching uh, the development of Eric Harris, who's possibly, um, if if he had not been murdered by himself during the Columbine massacre, would have probably went on to rape and murder as, as many human people as he can. Um, and Dylan Klebold, who's a kind of panty-waist fucking loser, who got drugged along by Eric Harris, who's a psychopath, uh, into this thing. And they are not folk heroes. They are not uh, a bunch of people that were persecuted and then they went and shot a bunch of targets. Like they had a list, like they went after the jocks or the people that bullied them. They did not. All of that is total horseshit. Yeah. Uh, and you know what I'm, and I also want to thank uh, one of our new assistants here, Kaylin Hughes, for doing all of our conspiracy theory research today. Uh, but what I found amazing is uh, Kaylin was born in 1993. And when I asked her, I was like, okay, so I need you to do some research on Columbine. 
she had a bit of a blank look on her face. She didn't. She had heard of Columbine. She knew the name. She kind of knew what it was. Well, but she thought didn't it was know- like an indie band, like Pavement, <laughs> right? Right, right, right. I love Columbine's new hit, all about how they got a blister and now they have to shoot up a school. Yeah, I remember that when they got all sad about how their shoes were too tight, so they were going to blow up the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typical. It's tough being a teenager these days. Yeah. Let's it really get- is tough. It's yeah. tough. Well, what I was getting to is that a lot of kids, a lot of younger kids, especially our our listeners, the younger listeners. They don't know what the fuck Columbine is. Right. You know, so Columbine, what happens on April 20th, 1999, two kids, they were both, uh, there was a sophomore and a junior, er, or a junior and a senior, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. They killed 12 students, killed one teacher, and wounded 21 others, and then they committed suicide. It is the most infamous and well-known school shooting ever committed. Right. Basically, it wasn't the first one. There were no. several oh, leading God, up to no. it, but this was definitely, um, this moment in time, especially for our generation, was massive. There, definitely, right. I would divide my high school years into pre-Columbine and post-Columbine because everything mm-hmm. changed in my school uh, when that went down. Another thing is also to remember, I know it's like it's dumb, but I feel like it's a detail to remember is that the massacre happened at Columbine High School, but it happened in Littleton, Colorado, which has connections to this. Basically, it's a part of this thing called Jefferson County, Colorado, which if you're going to take some of my research into account, is the hub of a gigantic international conspiracy, just the fucking center of the wheel. And Dylan and Eric were part of spokes of a giant network of um vigilantes trying to kill a, a group of uh, sexual predators known as the fat cats. And that will be, I suppose, the opposing viewpoints between uh, during our Columbine episode yes. is my research and Henry's research. Uh, of course, yeah. uh, going back to Henry's point, as uh, uh, before Christ and after Christ is often used uh, in reference to time, before Columbine and after Columbine uh, can be measured as well when it comes down to uh, the institution of high schools in general and education in this country. After Columbine, it was locked down. Yeah. So yep. no longer going out for lunch. Every single time uh, you walked into the school, a lot of schools put in metal detectors. It became much more like airport security. Teachers became TSA agents, and students no longer felt comfortable to learn, And which is why our uh, current educational process uh, system in this country is failing miserably. But Columbine was really a titular moment, and I say titular and I laugh um, but uh, really in the change uh, in the transition of the the current situation we have right now and I think another big point to uh, remember about Columbine is that people that are parents now were students then right people right, right. who are like people that are our age you know in our uh, or early to mid 30s um, okay most people our age have kids uh, and mm. <laughs> are they doing well do they have eighty thousand dollars a year I coming heard about in this thing called Owning a house. No, don't tell <laughs> People me. People do this. Uh, I'm like, no, house like, too big. Like I Hasidic- only need one squalid room that I rent from an old crooked Italian. <laughs> no, like Hasidic Jews own houses. Uh, yeah, 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 not not adults. No, right. no, no, no. Can I also is this when I bring in how the Zionist mu- movement was also a part of Columbine? <laughs> we, we do <laughs> not. Just because I mentioned I mentioned Jew once, I mentioned Jew once, and then all of a sudden you have to bring in the protocols. Just type in Jew Columbine and see what kind of forms pop up. All oh, right. Marcus. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I think the people that were teenagers then, their parents now, they're terrified. They were whether they're conscious of it or not. That seed was planted by Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. 
that school is not a safe place. And if school right. is not a p- safe place, then nowhere is a safe place. And, and that also, was their fucking goal. And also, you, what's what's interesting, so good things came out of what the aftermath of Columbine. Like the anti-bullying movement was good, even though it was ineffective and meant nothing in connection to Columbine. But also – um, the negative, especially, is that if you want to also look at it again from a conspiratorial point of view, it was a very useful event for our government to help slowly instill people getting used to a martial law environment. And basically, it's it's one of those things. It's those perfect things. It's sort of like 9-11, whether or not they let it happen or if they were a part of constructing it or they just used the event. It was very easy to take something like that as a little doggy door as a way to, to slide in and take some more liberties away from you because they know we are so we're afraid of fear well bringing up 9-11 i think that 9-11 changed america on a national scale on a macro scale how the nation of america approaches the rest of the world and i think that columbine changed america on a micro local scale like they both changed us into the fearful country that we are today the fucking skittish beast that we are but columbine started it on a local level and 9-11 started on a na- international level do we want to meet these fuck faces now let's eric meet harris these, and dylan yeah. let's meet these fu- fuck faces and and first of all as far as the profile of the school shooter um there is no profile at all. The school shooter is comes from every ethnic, economic, and social class. Uh, the whole myth about them being into really violent video games and movies is false. Only a quarter of them were into violent movies, and half of that were into violent video games, which is much less than teenagers on average. Uh, they do share some things. They're almost 100% male. Uh, almost all of them suffered some sort of loss or failure leading up to the attack that they just couldn't fucking handle. And almost all of them planned ahead months, if not years in advance. The myth that the school shooter suddenly snaps, that he was some sort of kid that was constantly beat upon, and then one day they get the big fucking wedgie, and then that's it. That is a complete and total myth, especially when you talk about Klebold and Harris. The big narrative that we've always heard is that they were outcasts. They were goths. They were part of a trench coat mafia. None of that is true. They were not outcasts. They were not goths. There was no feud between jocks and nerds. There was no targeting. There was no connection to this whole trench coat mafia thing. The trench coat mafia was just a great name. Right. Yeah. And so it's like it's a really great name that the, the all of the journalists sort of jumped upon when they first heard it. But the trench coat mafia was a thing that had started like a year ago at, before the, any of the murders happened. And it was just a bunch of goth kids just trying to be dumb. They were just wearing yeah. trench coats and walking around. Uh, I think they were getting into like some altercations with people. But then eventually they were like, man, these fucking trench coats are hot. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> let's just take them off. It's like summer. This is dumb. Well, where, what it all started with was uh, one goth kid bought a duster at Sam's Club for a Dracula costume. The Dracula costume didn't really work out, but he kept wearing the trench coat every day. All of his friends thought that it was cool. They wore trench coats for a few weeks. They had a picture in the yearbook, and then that was it. All right. So, I mean, I think it does, we do have to point out the fact that, like you're saying, how, how unbelievably goofy this whole trench coat mafia thing is. I mean, when we were growing up, when this uh, term came out, it, it made them seem as if they were um, the most terrifying human beings that have ever walked the earth. And in reality, it's funny because look at that trench coat. I love it. We should be the trench coat mafia. I love it. Let's fight with the Jinko gang. You know, I mean, it was just 
it is so comical now when you look at this in hindsight. Um, but at the time, the trench coat mafia instilled fear in every single person, and it made parents, uh, it made their hair stand up on their arms. Mm-hmm. It was also a great way to weaponize goths. That's what this did, right? <laughs> because you think about this, right? If you if you've ever met a group of goth people, they are just not the most aggressive. Right? No, this is not. not a group of people that are all like this is this is not an action based group. No, this is a. Uh, skulking sitting on a stoop smoking a clove group this right. is a group of people that share anime and watch it in silence and then every once in a while like the guy will eventually sort of tap the girl with cat ears on like knee like every once in a while being mm. like isn't this sad she's like i love the sad and like that's what goths were and so they made the whole the the, the news media also then took that and made it like you're supposed to be afraid of the goths like they were the actual adams family and like we've discussed in uh episodes previous this is uh on the heels of the satanic panic uh sort of situation that happened mm-hmm. in the early 90s yeah. they were always looking for different ways uh, if you were a child in the 90s every single parent watched 2020 yes and dateline and these shows and every single one of these episodes was a new panic that these epi- uh, that these uh, shows were talking about uh, when it came to teenagers and things like that so every single day we would wake up and our parents would be like don't shoot yourself in the head today. I watched an episode of 2020, <laughs> and I heard the kids are doing that right now. So just don't You're do it. Just coming inside, it's just like, I'm sorry. I've just been making sketches with my buddy in the park all day. I'm literally the most innocent boy who's ever lived. Right. Like, You're on PCP. <laughs> exactly. I know you are. I know you are. Yeah, why is there less shaving cream than, in the, than there was yesterday? Are you huffing shaving cream? That's not even possible, Mom. I watched a 2020 episode, and they said you could huff shaving cream. And I know you're doing it snooping because that's what all the kids are doing these days. Diana Hamilton said it on the TV. <laughs> that's right. You're taking the sauce, they're snorting, they're snorting the shaving cream. <laughs> well, the twenty, you know, you joke, but twenty twenty—that was the reason why the goths were so demonized right. because Diane Sa- Sawyer did a twenty twenty special about goths who kill. Right. And yes, goths have killed, but so as Dave Collins says in his book, so is every other subset. Every other subculture, everybody has killed. You have a subculture, you have a subset. Somebody in that subculture has murdered somebody. But for some reason, because the goths look kind of scary and because they were sort of uh, attached to this massacre, and we'll get into that later on, more into the media uh, perception and how all of this stuff uh, was actually created. But as far as Dylan and uh, Eric were, Dylan uh, Klebold and Eric Harris, uh, first of all, Eric Harris, the ringleader, he was smart. He was popular. His peers considered him to be a cool dude. He had no problem with girls whatsoever. He managed to sleep with a 23-year-old woman by the time he was 17. He was so well-liked that the last human interaction he had before he started fucking killing people was a car full of girls waving honking and trying to get his attention this guy was by no means and in no way any sort of nerd he was not bullied and he sure as fuck was no martyr but what he was was the perfect picture of a psychopath which we'll get into deeper detail as we go on here's a person that loved to lie got pleasure out of deceiving people uh and it's he's a ted bundy because he's handsome, because he was relatively handsome, even though he looked like, I mean, he looks like a fucking, you know, you know a normal high school fucking jerk yeah. that girls liked because he was a jerk and he was a jerk to everybody. And then they, when you're 15, you're like, ooh, that's dangerous. And then it turns out 
it is fucking dangerous. Very dangerous. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Klebold, Dylan Klebold, he was shy, meek, self-conscious, the complete opposite of Eric Karras. Couldn't talk to girls, followed Eric everywhere that he went. He was constantly trying to impress him. Uh, of course, there were these videos that uh, Eric Karras and Dylan Klebold made before Columbine. And if you watch the videos, if you only watch the videos, and in fact, a lot of the press got fooled by this as well. If you watch the videos without a trained eye, it seems like Dylan Klebold is the ringleader in this. It seemed because he's louder, uh, he's more boisterous, he has more of a violent rhetoric, but if you watch every time he has a big outburst and every time that he tries to act tough, he always looks over at Eric Harris. He always looks over at him to get his approval to see if he's doing it right. And the thing that is very disturbing about a lot of those, because they have released some of these tapes to YouTube we haven't actually because there's there are two series of tapes. There's the tapes that they shot with, with each other while they were walking around high school together. And when you watch those videos, those are on YouTube. They are um, disturbingly similar to how I was with me and my friends. Yeah, we were a bunch of like jerky, ludicrous kids that were filming each other, running around, being crazy, like making stupid voices, making fun of people, doing all this stuff, like making fun of teachers. They would be doing the same exact thing. But then they started doing the basement tapes, which was them is basically explaining why they did what they did, which have not been re- released to the public. But there are transcripts of it, which I'm looking at right now. And it's just, you know, again, it's just another bitch fest. And it's very interesting when you watch these, these kids, they're kids and they're acting like normal kids. But that, that shows you where the brain chemistry was off. That they were they were actually uh, very very mentally ill. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, during the actual shooting itself, uh, Klebold hardly ever fired. He barely fired his weapon. He just spent most of his time cheering. You know, he just spent most of his time cheering on Eric. Uh, more myths dispelled about these guys. They were both heavily involved in school activities. Uh, they went to football games. They went to dances. They were into sports. Uh, Eric Harris was a big Colorado Rockies fan. Dylan Klebold loved the Red Sox. Uh, he wore his Red Sox hat during the massacre. Uh, and the biggest thing of all, they were bullies. They loved picking on kids. They loved calling kids fag. That was their favorite word. They, uh, in fact, Dylan Klebold got caught scratching fag into a freshman's locker. Uh, and it's Harris so said the kind of torment that those guys went through, Eric, Eric Harris and mm. Dylan Klebold. When I think <laughs> about it, and I'm so sympathetic to them, and I just feel so... It's a shame that they yeah, got bullied yeah. like that. Yeah, it's I a know. shame that they got caught and had to, you know, pay money. Well, you know, people don't sympathize enough with the people who are bullying the young people. You know, it's just like, What are they going through? They are going through a lot. There's no doubt about that. The only acceptable reason to interrupt a podcast? Your dog. That was your dog saying thank you for BarkBox. You can take a minute now. You bet your dog. You're going to learn about Bark. It's the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Yay. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. No, Wendy, I can't get you a whip. You're too cute for weapons. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Mmm, tubers. My dogs love their toys selectively. But BarkBox sends good little ones for their little tiny mouths. They have little mouths but strong, big spirits. So they fight over the little toys. I imagine they think that they are hunting and going after little 
bugs and rats. And oh, they love their life and they love the they love what BarkBox brings. Because BarkBox brings the bark and puts it in a box. Yep. To get your free upgrade, go to barkbox.com slash L-E-F-T. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Yeah, Harris in particular liked to impersonate the special ed kids. I mean, I can't say anything against that because, I mean, <laughs> l- listen, to, listen to my approach to performance on this show. Yeah, but that- I will say um, I feel that it's effective and we do other things that help people so it all balances out in sort of like a right. – in a, in a Nostian way. I agree. <laughs> and it's just too bad that Eric Harris took his life uh, with these great impressions of special needs children. He would have been huge in France. Oh, yeah. He would have been so famous in France. They love some good special needs comedy. Or if we could have gotten him on Mad TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it would have been. Move over Will Sasso. 
<laughs> well, Eric Harris is coming through. Well, some of the claims that the media made were actually true. Eric Harris was really into German shit. He loved Nazis. Yes. He loved Nietzsche. Yeah. He loved Freud, which is a weird thing for a high school kid to be into, uh, and loved Hitler. His favorite band was KMFDM. But ironically, uh, Dylan Klebold, half Jewish. Mm. But Which is one of the conspiracy theories that Dylan Klebold didn't actually kill himself, was that Eric Harris killed him because he was Jewish. Okay, and so he waited until yes. that moment? Yes, it's it uh, friends with it's him absolutely for, solid. The friends right, were like, you know, like, like three years they were friends. Like they knew each other for a while. It was all built up. The whole thing wasn't <laughs> even to kill the other kids. It was just to kill him. Oh. Yeah, it I, was a ruse. That's <laughs> what I'm saying, man. I'm talking about airtight conspiracies yeah, that I'm, I'm going to be talking about here. I want to be fed to death. <laughs> I can't wait. But Harris was into the German culture is as much as like um, uh, as like bikers are, right? Like the Hells Angels love to wear the, the swastikas and do all that shit because it freaks people out. It makes people upset. Yeah. Eric Harris's every single move was was basically building up to be the ultimate adversary. He wanted everybody to go fuck themselves. And so that's why he adopted it. He didn't believe in anything. He was very smart. Uh, in the fact that he can even understand these readings when he's 16, 17. That's what they all said, is that he's next to brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but he's, you know, a fucking psychopath and should have been aborted. Mm. So essentially, Eric Harris was a pure psychopath, right. textbook psychopath. What people, what people studied him later and studied his journals and the videos uh, and the things that he said during the attack, they just say textbook absolute psychopath. Master manipulator, loved lying, was very good at it. Uh, actually, uh, Cullen, uh, Dave Cullen that wrote Columbine, he put it perfectly. He said even an earthworm will recoil when you poke it with a stick. A squirrel will exhibit frustration if you tease it by offering it a peanut then repeatedly snatching it back. Psychopaths make it that far up the emotional ladder, but they fall far short of the average golden retriever, which will demonstrate affection, joy, compassion, and empathy for a human in pain. A part of what they do to test for a psychopath is that they show them negative uh, pictures. Like, they'll show them pictures of, like, crime scenes, so they'll show them pictures of, like, forest fires and stuff like that. And what they've noticed is that the the, their brains operate a different way where most people when they watch something so that they, they are apprehensive they get anxiety they their nervous system their heart rate starts increasing when they see these things but psychopath they're a different part of their brain operates which is more like a, a they're interested they watch it and it's more like interesting oh that's new that's new like information for me. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Like they're constant. They're, there's just no emotion. Yeah, it's more of an adaptation thing. It's like he right. sees that and it's like, okay, I have processed that information and now I need to understand how I should react to it. What is expected of, of me? And that's the way. Yes, and and this is a very very good skill that you can actually utilize in life in uh, to become a uh, very successful person. A lot of presidents use it. Yes. Um, most people who are successful, Michael Jordan, for example, when he shot. <laughs> that jump over Craig Elo. What wasn't he? Scared. No. He looked at no, that no. forest fire and said, I'm going to put that fire well, out. Michael, he ran to it. Michael Jordan is a pure psychopath. He's a true psychopath. <laughs> so, a pure psychopath. Man, what a very effective spree killer he would have been. Oh, he would have been. Honestly, Michael Jordan would have been the best at anything he wanted to do. He would have been the he, Michael Jordan of spree killers. He would have. <laughs> the definition of it. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. Uh, Eric Harris, uh, I mean, it's 
you know, Henry mentioned it earlier, but yeah, if it, it is actually uh, documented in his journals, uh, what would have happened had he not decided to go for the one big kill? He describes in detail what he wanted to do to freshman girls, like what exactly how he wanted to rape and kill them. And had he not gone for this, he would have eventually. He would have been on par with Ted Bundy. Like Oops. Eric, we would know Eric Harris's name for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Both Dylan and Eric uh, journaled their entire experience to what the event on 420 ended up with, because again, they were both uh, obsessed with the film Natural Born Killers. And so it was called, the big event was called NBK. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they had journaled extensively up until then. And only in those journals do you get to see the full storyline, which is a, a growing psychopath in Eric's case, and in Dylan Klebold, a fucking absolutely paralyzed, depressive that was obsessed with how love is a ghost. And it's interesting, you know, you mentioned <laughs> love is a ghost. I, I agree with I that. Do, I do agree with him. Mm. <laughs> Boo. Boobs. Um, <laughs> it's interesting you say the word journals, and uh, we, we talked about the trench coat mafia. They have the fashion. They have the journals. They are a bubble pen away from being a middle school girl. Yes. <laughs> you know, but, hey, but hey, very close this is, to being in an anime fan club. They are. <laughs> But, you know, they, and this goes uh, to the uh, the Santa Monica shooter as mm-hmm. well. Uh, obviously, that was in 2014. Um, he made his YouTube videos and things like that. There was a theatrical uh, element to what they did, and then they brought it into the real life. They didn't have the intelligence. They didn't have the level of, like, let's bring this to the stage. We want to be sh- uh, school shooters. Let's write a screenplay. The whole thing was about the stage. The whole thing was about the But spectacle. the stage was real. Yes. And then the yes. lives were real, and the event, obviously, was real yeah you want to talk imagining that reality is real and that everything is you know that things exist that you don't observe and and that we're not a part of of an onion of of different dimensions and you know i don't know i mean that's where i start getting really confused and people start like not talking to me anymore yeah you have to wear pants at the mall i just want to tell you henry (laughs) yeah And, and you talk about them and their fashion uh there is actually a part of the basement tapes where they're trying on their trench coats because they wore the trench coats for two reasons uh one to hide their weapons because they had a fucking arsenal with them and two to look cool there's actually one part of the uh the basement tapes where eric is putting on his fucking coat and he's saying this makes me look fat on this side. Like, yeah, like a bunch of oh god. He's damn, worried he, about he, he, he's worried about looking fat. And but really, this just shows the psychopathy involved, right? Yeah. The only person who knew that they were psychopaths leading up to into throughout the whole thing was David Fuselier, right? Mm-hmm. Who was the head investigator? Yeah, who had come in from the FBI, correct? He was not that. The head investigator was Kate Batan. He was the uh, pretty much the just the head FBI guy. You know, like he was the one that became the expert on. Uh, Harrison Klebold. Right. Uh, he's but, the one who figured out when yeah. he was looking at all their stuff. He was like, "Oh, this is not. These are not nerds getting revenge." He's like, "These are psychopaths trying to create a terrorist event." Yeah, Fuselier was also uh, the guy that was the. He was coincidentally uh, the last person to talk to David Koresh. He was the FBI's head negotiator in uh, the Waco debacle, and yeah, he, he was, was the, the one that recommended that if everyone was hungry, that they could he should start barbecuing for everybody. <laughs> Which is very, which is, you know. He was the only, Fuselier was the only guy to oppose, in the FBI to oppose the attack. 
He said no. He was the one. Remember when we were talking the the negotiator saying like, "Hey, I've almost got him. I've almost got him. Just give me more time. Just give me just a couple more days, and I can get these people out of there." That was Dave Fuselay. All right. So, I mean, I love that these people were in a situation where they just were like, does this gun make me look fat? Mm-hmm. You know, if they're trying on all these weapons and things like that. Now, they were, were Eric or Dylan, were they on any kind of radar uh, before the event uh, happened? Obviously, this is before you can put these things online. So these basement tapes and stuff like that. These would be YouTube videos today, and TLC would probably give them a television show called School Shooters in the Making, and the final uh, you know, uh, season finale would be them actually doing it. Were they were they on any sort of radar? Absolutely. Yes, they were, they were on multiple radars. Uh, we'll get to that later on, okay. but the radars that uh, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold were on are fucking unforgivable. Okay. Like the what happened with these guys, the radars they were on and the people that knew beforehand, they will never be brought to justice, but their inaction is fucking unforgivable. Okay. It was a massive cover up. We were going to hit this. We, we, we're going to get into this. But the, the, the type of cover up here is also an example. Again, if we want to get fucking weird about it. Again, how a banal decision to cover up a couple of pieces of paper that we're going to cover is what basically kept the truth from people for fucking 15 years. People had no idea what's, what actually happened at Columbine. They all just assumed it was faulty parents and it was just two right. kids that because of they were on fucking, uh, was it Luxov or Luvox? Lux, Luvox, yeah. They, they were on this fucking drug that they flipped out because of they were on this antidepressant. Um, but basically you're going to see this is how cover-ups happen all the time. Is it a bunch of people just covering their ass? Yeah, and so they just don't say anything. Yeah, it's right. people covering their ass for one for one mistake, and the ripples are well are fucking huge, gigantic. Mm. So as far as the motives go, you know, you <laughs> talked about the uh, you talk about like them putting on a show, the stage. That yeah. was the whole point of them. They were not spree killers. They were terrorists. Right. Uh, that was their goal. The guns were secondary. Their primary weapons were the seven bombs that they planted around the school. If they would have succeeded, like the, the guns were, that was something that came after. The guns were phase two. The mm. big thing was the bombs. If the bombs would have worked, they would have quadrupled the body count at Oklahoma City. So they had a, they had a geocache situation with the bomb. You know Geocache? Mm-mm. Oh, it's an Mm-mm. amazing app where you can find different caches all around. Oh, it's incredible. Anyway. How lonely know. are you? I'm pretty lonely right now. No, I'm not lonely. Geocache. No, this is something you do in relationships. You go geocaching. No, no you don't. No, no, you know I, no, I swear to God. You go to, like, no, the listeners you go to, like, know. Stuff like that. You no, know the, you go out and you like buy her <sighs> gifts and stuff like that. The listeners know what a geocache is. Anyway, there's a geocache of weapons around. <laughs> okay. You know, they could also use Timothy McVeigh as uh, as an object of like they were like they called him a pussy. Yeah, they want right. they wanted to do something bigger than him. Eric Harris constantly would in order to fill people out to see who would join him on the massacre because the two of them finding each other took some time. So mm. once they built, once he found the once Eric found the perfect lackey in fucking Dylan, they that took some time because he would fill, fill people out by telling them I had this fantasy where I was alone in the world and uh, everybody else was dead. And, but essentially he was using that to get laid. 
And it was very difficult for them to meet up. You have to keep in mind, this is before eHarmony. This is before Tinder. You know, this is before School Shooter Massacre wannabe.com. You know? I remember School Shooter Massacre wannabe.com when that first came out. And I met my first wife on that. And then <laughs> I wish she had not killed all those people, then right. shot herself because I thought it was just fun to talk about. Right, right. You know, but then we would just, again, like I would just go on regular dates like a normal person, not like Ben with her. Um, but then that didn't happen. Yeah, you're the personification of the perfect mate, Henry. Um, but you know that what we were talking about with these people, uh, people thinking that they didn't have friends. In reality, uh, it was uh, Eric was just kind of looking for the right one. Yeah, and, and in reality, Eric had more friends than your average teenager. Like he knew a ton of people, and he was looking around like he would. Uh, like there was one kid, actually, one of the uh, goth kids that Eric was actually friends with, one of the trench coat mafia kids. He Eric had floated it to him, but he framed it in a very specific way mm. to manipulate that specific kid. They were in bowling class one day, and he said, "Hey." Wouldn't it be cool if we killed all the jocks? That's what Eric Harris said to this other kid, and the kid is like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, ha ha ha, yeah, I suppose so." But just immediately rebuffed him, didn't take him seriously, and didn't right. follow up on it. And Eric was smart enough to see it's like, okay, that kid doesn't have it. Let's move on. And, and he laughed. At, uh, Eric laughed it off, and he moved on until eventually. He found Dylan, and well, we Dylan don't. was perfect because Dylan was already attempting to commit suicide. I mean, he wasn't. He never attempted it. He just talked about it all the time, constantly, constantly like talked about it. And so he, Dylan Klebold was like, was named his. Like, I love this thing. He wrote it all about in his journal that he called existences. A virtual book. <laughs> and um, Eric Harris's journal was called The Book of God. Yeah, which those uh, those titles tell you everything you need to know about them. So, yeah, so Dylan was going to want to off himself anyway. So it was the perfect guy. So in the end, he became so mopey because there was a girl that he was staring at. Harriet! In, yeah, Harriet. He was staring at Harriet for like a bunch of months, but she didn't even know I existed. And then she was like, oh, I might as well just jump off the face of the planet. And it's like, once you read it, it's like, it's one of those things. We were talking about this earlier. Every time I've researched Columbine and when I read the David Cullen book, it brings back these fucking very visceral memories and feelings that oh, I had Jesus because Christ. I journaled like that. Dude, me too. I, I would say like, I... I believe with Dylan Klebold, like, I was reading the book and I kind of thought, there but for the grace of God go I. I fucking, I was Dylan Klebold when I was in high school. That pussy fucking kid who was super depressed but didn't know what depression was yet, constantly talking about suicide, constantly obsessed with this girl or that girl. You know, if if I think if Dylan Klebold, if he would not have glommed on to Eric Harris, if he would not have chosen a complete and total psychopath to follow and emulate, he'd do I, a podcast with me. Yes, yeah. okay. <laughs> yes, he'd be running I, a podcast. I, I absolutely do believe that Eric Harris would have eventually his depression would have gotten to the point where he couldn't hide it anymore. He would have gotten the help that he needed, and he would have. I don't know, maybe fucking done podcasts in New York City. Who the fuck knows? But there for the grace of Satan go you. (laughs) If I hear the name God on this fucking show again. (laughs) All right. Well, you're going to be hearing it quite a bit later when we get to uh, some of the fucking exploitation of this fucking tragedy. Uh, But yeah, these, these kids... 
Their goal was, or at least Eric Harris, his goal was terrorism. Uh, Cullen, he quoted this professor named Jurgensmeyer. Jurgensmeyer. Um, Jurgensmeyer. Sounds like a mustard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's German for never had a date. Oh, I see. <laughs> I relate to that. Well, he uh, had a name for terrorism that I think is, is perfect. He calls terrorism performance violence mm. uh, because the goal isn't necessarily. And he also gave a really good um, example is on the day of the first World Trade Center bombing in 1993, right? Uh, the uh, first World Trade Center bombing didn't kill a whole lot of people. Definitely was a body count. Didn't kill a whole lot of people. The exact same day, there was a bombing in Egypt in mm. a coffee shop that killed dozens more people than the one in the World Trade Center. But as the guy said, a coffee shop is not the World Trade Center. It's all about the performance. Right. And that's another thing is about this episode is that I think this is a, an important point to make is when we started telling people... You know, people ask, like, okay, what's the next episode? What's the next episode? And when I would tell someone Columbine, especially people our age, there was a visible reaction in these people. Like, there was a visible, visceral reaction. Like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Really? The images of Columbine are burned into my my fucking eyelids. Them them walking, they completely succeeded. Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold did exactly what they wanted to do and made a picture that we would remember forever. Uh, And uh, and it's true. They completely, they created fear everywhere uh, they won. They were like Osama bin Laden. You compare it to John Wayne Gacy's body count. John Wayne Gacy, we tell people, okay, hey, we're doing a two-parter on John Wayne Gacy. They're like, cool. John Wayne Gacy killed 33 boys all the same fucking age as the kids that died at Columbine, but we don't bat a fucking eye at that. People don't care. But... You know, most people don't. Bat and I, when we're like, hey, we're doing John Wayne Gacy next, people next, people are like, fucking cool. We say we're doing Columbine next, people are like, oh, fuck. Well, I mean, you know, as we are now terrified of youth and uh, we are we presume a lot of uh, high school children to be um, guilty before uh, before innocent and we're, um, you know, and we think that everyone uh, young is a psychopath. But they John are, though, Gacy, right? They are. They are. John Wayne Gacy made clowns terrifying. Yeah. They, so he changed. He, I mean, John Wayne Gacy and Tim Curry's It. Yeah. Those combined made clowns terrifying, and uh, Dylan and uh, and Eric made high school a dangerous experience. Yeah. And you know what? I still love clowns, and I ain't afraid of no high schooler. You don't, no, you're I'm not, not afraid, afraid of a high schooler. I'm, I'm not very comfortable with packs of high schoolers. Yeah, because you have to do a Chris Farley impression to let them to let yourself get off the subway. <laughs> so uh, the guns, uh, these kids, they had two shot-off, sawed-off shotguns. They had two Tech Nines. They had a ton of small bombs with them called crickets. And the guns, you wonder where the fuck did they get the right. guns? They got where a friend went to a local gun show and bought these guns for these kids through the gun show loophole. The infamous gun show loophole, meaning that so anyone can go to a gun show and buy a gun without having to go through any sort of background check uh, or a three-day waiting period or anything like that. Because it's fun at a gun show. Gun it's show. a gun show. Why and ruin we... everybody's fun when making them fill out a bunch of paperwork? They got places to go. They got right. other bullets to look at. <laughs> and what about all the targets shaped like cops or sometimes the targets shaped like black people? Right. You have to be able to go get that stuff. Yeah, yeah, or if you're a cop, that is just the target, just a black person. And we talked about this on Top Hat quite often, the loophole. It's 50% of the market. Yeah. 50% of guns are sold at this gu- at these gun show. It's not a loophole. That's the whole thing. Yeah, it's the that market. That shows how dumb gun collectors are, that it should be 100%. 
it's of where you be. buy your guns. It's if you were be. that fucking secret about your guns, just buy them at the fucking gun show. Oh, so, these, and by the way, post Columbine, a bill passed through the Colorado Colorado legislature to close the gun show loophole. Guess what? Failed in Congress. Of course, it, it didn't pass. Yeah. Um, so these two children walked in there dressed as if they wanted to shoot up a high school, asking for guns, and the person was just like, "Absolutely, here you go." No, well, they went now in there we're with saying a- they're dressed like they wanted to shoot up a high school because of them. At that point, they were dressed up like Clint Eastwood and Boy Howdy. Oh, I say they were cowboys. <laughs> Interesting. Well, they did go to the gun show with the friend who bought them for them. Like they went, they essentially went that one and that one, and mm. the friend who was above eighteen. Gave the guy the money. Who was uh, their boss at the pizza shop they all worked yeah, at? Yeah, Blackjack they, Pizza. Yeah, they would. They would just you know all fuck around and throw M80s off the roof together. But then he got X out of the group because he got a girlfriend, and they were <laughs> right. all upset because he had a girlfriend and he he can't understand them anymore. Yeah, exactly. But the shooting started at eleven fifteen. Uh, Klebold and Harris, they roamed the school, shooting indiscriminately, arbitrarily choosing who would live and who would die. They'd point a gun at someone and say. All right, you go, and then the next person they'd shoot right in the fucking face. Uh, and uh, it only lasted 45 minutes. If anybody ever puts a gun to your face, fart. <laughs> because yeah, then they'll laugh and be like, you know what? You're one of the good ones. You <laughs> are funny. It is impossible. Yeah, it is impossible to shoot somebody after they just farted. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't know if that's true. It I just feel little, like it's true. Gonna, it's a law of nature. Put it this way, though. Um, you better be sure it's a fart. Because <laughs> you shit yourself. You're gonna get shot. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, that's <laughs> right. Just so it's a it's a knife's edge. Yeah. Right. Right. So at twelve oh eight, they both shot themselves. Uh, uh, Eric Harris shot himself in the mouth. Uh, Dylan Klebold shot himself in the left temple. So we have about Good. an hour of activity. Here. Forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty-five yeah. to fifty minutes. Yeah. Which is another thing we pointed out too, is because it was the same thing with Eric Harris. Is that you the thing about the psychopath as well is that they are easily bored, and so they not only once the fun started happening, which for them, which is fucked right. up, is that Eric Harris is walking around going like whoa, whoa, and being like this is fucking we're kicking ass, and Dylan Klebold's going like. I guess it's cool. And then <laughs> yeah. they were they're walking around, and then Eric Harris uh, just got bored yeah. and started kind of like flicking through lockers and stuff like that. Like he had already, like it, it was already over for him. He doesn't even get. That's the one satisfying thing is that he gets no real pleasure out of it. In the end, it's another thing that becomes just as empty as everything else was in his life. Right. Right. Yeah. Just really quick. So they so they began the massacre, and at what point did uh, because this is before cell phones. Really, I mean, you know, we had some brick phones and things like that. Well, that's what we're about to get okay. into because this is the first hostage set or the first crisis of the cell phone age. Okay. And that uh, I think that the Columbine changed everything because it was the very first time that cell phones were ubiquitous among the general population. Okay. Now the press had never actually been present for a school shooting or a massacre of this kind happening live as far as they knew not uh, for lack of wanting it no oh, there's no, nothing no. wanting to see more than a bunch of kids shooting other kids because you know what that's juicy fucking 
that's some great fodder to sludge in between commercials. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, and we we discuss this quite regularly. People, uh, you know, talk to us about us covering these very dark subject matters. I think we cover them much better than the media does. The same way that we discussed how O.J. Simpson, the, the Bronco chase Domino's and Pizza Hut, and mm-hmm. this is before Papa John's, the best pizza <laughs> on earth. But and, I made, will, and I will defend our stance on John Benet Ramsey, and we're also going to see how John Benet Ramsey fits into fucking Columbine. And the fact that they were a part of the same child rape ring known as the Fat Cats, as you can see in the ransom note, it's written possible. by the supposed mother of John Benet Ramsey, which is possibly her absolutely hypnotically suggested murderer. Um, they were part of a national syndicate that Eric and Dylan were raped uh, by, uh, and that would then given drugs, and then they became the psycho killers because they bro- the drugs broke their program. So you're just smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> That's the deal. Anyway, so we were saying, so as fast food in uh, the industry, they benefited from the OJ chase. Media loves these stories. My I mean, this God. was this was gold. Sandy Hook was gold. These uh, situations are um, uh, are not seen as as tragedies. They are seen as, as as something to profit from. Yeah, Colin, it was a Kardashian butt of a story. It really was. <laughs> Columbine was CNN and Fox News's highest ratings in history, and that's what they to see. that point. Yeah, that's exactly Man. what they saw. And what juice that is. What a great idea. You know what? It's just, oh, if only a school could fucking blow up every day. <laughs> that was last wow. year. This year is police abuse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> New shit. Awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Move on! Texas Pete is a sauce and allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around. It's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor! By Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some cha. Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs in a whole bunch of cha. And it started off my day correct. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. 
but I guess I should share that in therapy because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash last pod. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. So it took 28 minutes for the from the first shot for the story to hit local news. It took 50 minutes for it to reach CNN. And at this point, mm. school shootings were just they had come to know spring as shooting season mm-hmm. in the media. Uh, there were in 98 to 90 or in 97 to 98, there were five different shootings. 10 dead, 35 wounded, but they were all just flash, you know, flashbangs. It's like over and done with in right. about 15, 30 minutes. Uh, but Columbine, it was the first school shooting of the 1998-1999 school year. And this one drug out for, as far as the media knew, three to four hours. The cops didn't go in full force and they did not know that Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris had killed themselves for three hours after right. they had actually done it. This so it's far policy was going to change after this, right? Because yeah. the idea was that before, the idea was to wait for the, I guess it was kind of wait for the shooting to end or like low, secure the perimeter. Secure the perimeter. That was the big thing. And they also right. didn't know what they were dealing with. They didn't know if it was a hostage situation. They didn't know how many shooters there were. Uh, they didn't know anything about this. So they were very apprehensive. And not only that, but there was nobody in charge 
Like in within the first like the within the first few minutes, there were police officers, there were firefighters, there were SWAT teams. About they said that about a half dozen police uh, officers showed up every couple of minutes, uh, and nobody knew what the fuck to do. Nobody was actually in charge. But the biggest bit of chaos and the reason why the Columbine myths survived to this day was that the schoolyard was fucking filled with journalists and frightened students. And all all of the myths, all of the conspiracies, every single bit of this shit comes from the interviews and the misinformation uh, that was given by these students within these first few interviews. So what was some of this misinformation? Okay, a lot of the people, multiple shooters, first of all. That's the big one. Because the idea is they saw them, right, because this is what happened. When they showed up to start working on this story. They were desperate for any information they could get. And these right. are newspapers, again, we're trying to say their bottom, their their goal is, is the bottom dollar. They're trying to generate a great story as fast as humanly possible. They got their editors all the way in New York and Los Angeles who were like, where's the story? Where's this fucking story? So they're just seeing kids covered with blood come running out and they start asking questions, right? And so basically you're watching a bunch of people in shock trying to put shit together. And teenagers at that. Right. Yes, right. and both Dylan and Eric were wearing, they started wearing jackets and hats. Eventually, as the crime kept going, one of them took their jacket off, and then one of them turned his hat around. One of them took his hat off. And what that shows then, now what you got is four shooters yeah, immediately. Right, 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 right. Because now you're looking at, you're seeing a guy with a jacket, see the guy without a jacket, see the guy with a hat turned backwards, see the guy with a hat turned frontwards. Now you're, and they're all over the place, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And because that's what you're meant to believe now. Yeah, and there in the school was also on a slope. So if you're looking off from a distance, you could see through an optical illusion, it could look like that these two kids were on two floors simultaneously. Okay. Uh, so therefore, that would make it look like there were four shooters instead of just two. Uh, and kids also, they said like, okay, why was the gunshots, why were they reported in opposite areas of the school? It's because these guys were using long, like Tech Nines, long-range weapons. They have a range of hundreds of yards and right. the kids that did not know where the shooters were they didn't know if they were 10 feet behind them or a hundred yards behind them so some kids and also a lot of times they were just shooting off in the air yeah because they were kids because they were still children and they were still like they literally were just kind of now that they have the power of it yeah they were killing people but now they're running around and literally playing yeah shooting it into things and stuff so you're hearing bullet fire all over the place it sounds like a massacre but the real massacre didn't really happen until they got to the library when they could get a bunch of people in close range well which is fucked up yeah definitely messed up there shooting kids at close range when you say shooting uh, guns in the air uh, it doesn't sound like a massacre it sounds like an Iraqi wedding uh, I'll <laughs> tell you they, I love the way the Middle East celebrates they're always the shooting guns in the air there was a bunch of guys just showed up with a bunch of hummus and dates and mm. they're like we brought the wedding present <laughs> this is the good guy swimming on what oh god what is this Oh, it's nerd shooting jocks, huh? Go nerd, huh? <laughs> Go fucking nerd! <laughs> There's a, another uh, question that they asked. Why did the students and witnesses hear further gunshots after uh, Harris and Klebo killed themselves? 
because a SWAT team went in and the SWAT team was very careful and you can't and really as far as the the reaction goes you can't blame the guys on the ground you can't blame the local cops and you can't blame the SWAT team they were going they were essentially following orders from people who didn't really know what the fuck they were doing right. and the SWAT teams were also you can't really second guess the SWAT teams either because they can't go in their guns ablazing because there were still hundreds of people hidden in every small nook and cranny in the school and sure. they were and the reason why they heard gunshots is because the SWAT team was going door to door and shooting all of the locks out off of all of the locked doors and another thing is that there was a fire alarm going mm. the entire time a shrieking deafening fire alarm going on for hours upon hours extremely also, disoriented right also as a SWAT team member you have no friggin clue uh, who's the shooter and who's the hostage? They're kids. So you're going through and you don't know if you're going to come across the shooter who's going to be pretending to be shot and going like, help me, help me, and then shoot you because it's like you have no idea. So at this point, there are a lot of injured people, but also everybody's a fucking suspect until you figure out what the hell's going on, and that takes hours. Right, so the SWAT team goes in there, shoots off all the locks, which is, I think, is a little, uh, you know, adding to the stress of these poor kids with the uh, with the fire alarm. Same thing with Sandy Hook when they were discussing just the chaos and the mayhem um, that occurred there. Yeah, very interesting. You know, and you look at these, you think about these two little bitches, Eric and Dylan, is when they were starting. The whole point is that they were supposed to set those bombs off, and then they were supposed to sit in the parking lot picking people off until the cops showed up. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like when you talk to somebody who was a football player in high school, and maybe they were the offensive lineman, and they went to the championship, but then they lost, and they're very sad. And if they would have lived, Eric and Dylan would be at a bar right now, being like, "And we planted all the bombs, and we worked really hard, we counted down." Nothing happened. Yeah, and super you know, bummer. And that's but something that Colin actually says is that yeah. if uh, they, if uh, Eric Harris knew that he was known as a quote lowly school shooter, it would fucking infuriate him because he didn't see right. himself as a school shooter. He saw himself as a terrorist, of a fearful figure, someone who would go down in history as having a gigantic body count. He wanted to go down as Osama bin Laden. That's right. who Eric Harris wanted to be. Um, yeah, just, just sitting with a cane with a computer full of fucking porno and nine wives, man. <laughs> Get to go quietly in his sleep with two fucking slugs in the back of his head. Oh, yeah. Uh, this would be a good day. I feel bad for the students who just bought some clothes and they wear them to school mm -hmm. because that was always a big day. This would be a good day for sweatpants. Why? Because you're just going to be in a closet with a bunch of people. Get cozy. <laughs> or if you want to talk about how half the school was emptied out because of the Zionist movement to move people out of there ahead of time. Your I'm talking about the Hasids deep within the internet. Your anti-Semitism broke the microphone. No, 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 no. It's not anti-Semitism. I'm talking about truth and being the fucking tip of the spear, man. Because you know the internet is run by ten Hasids with levers. <laughs> that is deep in the, 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 the deep below ground Japan. Yeah, what happens on Saturday? Henry there's something else there's a deeper conspiracy uh -huh. they're working with the Muslims <laughs> well I don't know if that's true another question is why did kids later repeat the same stories over and over again and this is the beginning of the echo chamber and the echo right. chamber is the manufacturer of all of the myths and all the misconceptions that we have it started 
because of, Ben, as you said, cell phones. There were multiple televisions inside of the school, and a lot of the kids inside the school, and it was a huge school. There were 2,000 kids that went to school here every day. A lot of the kids inside the school were watching live coverage of the event, including the interviews done with students who had already escaped. So these kids, they were trying to call 911 first. They couldn't get into 911, so they called the fucking television stations. Right. Television stations. And so they were talking to them live while the massacre was going on. And meanwhile, like, then police are calling police stations being like, don't fucking talk to these kids. Well, because basically, if we still have active sh- active shooters, they're going to know that there are live kids in, in places inside of the elementary school, uh, inside of the high school, that they're going to go and they're going to go find them and kill them. So then the right. anchors started going like, if you're watching kids, turn the TV off or down at least. Actually, just turn it down. Or if you could turn your DVRs on. What we're looking for is numbers, kids. Okay. Exactly. But- See, I, okay, that sounds like a joke. That's not a joke. No. Uh, one, uh, no. one reporter actually said, this is a quote, direct fucking quote. He said, if you're watching kids, turn the TV off or down at least. Well, and of course, you know for a fact. Direct that quote. The, uh. Uh, Shepard Smiths of the world and the Neil Cavudos of the world are just like, ooh, another phone call from a high school boy. <laughs> typical, another typical day. Oh, I'm getting all these phone calls from high school boys. I love it. Yeah, but the, the cops asked that the journal, they told them, like, stop that. And they said, all right. And they told them, they right. they ran, they told students to stop calling. They said, okay, kids, seriously, stop calling. But then they just kept keeping calls. And this uh, is before, calls. when we say cell phones, the biggest um, thing other than the the device being a phone was the game Snake. Yeah, uh, this this mm. was this was before Periscope. I mean, they weren't live streaming these things, so the cell phone really the only thing they could do was call. Yeah, nowadays they would literally they would take out their video and we would see the entire event. Oh, we would I see. I remember a- the old days that I used to take out my TI eighty nine and play the drug dealer. <laughs> uh, yes, I remember the old days of sitting playing solitaire, and I had a fun little instant message wave thing up there that was said something, but like you know, something like I'd rather burn out than fade way all the girls knew how deep I was. Ah, I remember back in the day. I'd rather burn out than fade away. Highlander reference, I believe. The no, 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 no. no. <laughs> no I'd rather. Oh my God, no! It is what? Uh, uh, what's the name of the enemy from uh, Highlander? Kragen? Kragen? Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. he's. That's what he says. The only one. No, 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 no. I swear no. to God, he says it. I think. I mean, I think he says it, but I don't think that's where it's from. That's I, where I'm. That's, I, that's, I, that's what I thought. Neil Young wrote that. Yeah, Neil- in 1847. <laughs> well, I, I I just thought of Highlander, so whatever. But unlike Highlander, the uh, the violence of Columbine was very very real, and uh, uh, we, we just, <laughs> that was good. That was good, right? I nailed it. Thank you. That's true. That's true. Thank you so much. Um, and there's so much more to cover, Marcus. Oh my God, there's a lot more to cover. We tried really hard to get this done in uh, we're in one episode. Trying to do shorter episodes, like we're trying to get stuff into one episode, but. It's just so much stuff. Yeah, there's just so much stuff, and this is just such an important story, uh, and, and for so many different reasons. Right. Uh, and, and and the biggest reasons, you know, it's stuff like the the what I just can't believe is the martyrdom that has risen up around these two assholes. That people see them as heroes. People mm-hmm. see them as the ones that fight against the fucking bullies. It's like, no, they were. The fucking bullies. Right. The uh, school shooters never are the bullied. 
They are always the bullies. They right. are always the bullies. Uh, they are not the sympathetic characters ever. Um, I also want to say this too. I know maybe this is a little hokey for for our audience, but I don't give a fuck. Is that um, we have a lot of you know there are kids that listen to the show too. Like we got young we got young kids who listen. Um, there are kids that also who have listened to this and like sex and other human activities that have dealt with deal with issues of depression and aggression and deal with like you know we all have weird thoughts and we all do weird shit. Um, but a part of it, I think that uh, the lesson that can be learned from Columbine is that it's always good. It's so much better to make a creative decision rather than a destructive decision. If you if if you could just get past your fucking dark days, it just gets better. It's that whole it gets better thing. It's it's you know that's for it's, that's it's, just for gay kids. No, it's not. Well, it's it is just it's technically just for gay kids. But we're taking which, which it, which is good. Yeah, which is which is, it does get better. I mean, um, actually, yeah, yeah. so it's like it's dumb shit. It's like learn to play play the guitar. If you're ugly and 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 everybody hates you, learn to play a guitar. If you get really good at the guitar, people are gonna like you. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, there's a whole series of different ways to handle it. Don't shoot up a school. That's well, number one. I mean, go and tell somebody. Like, I think if Dylan Klebo would have told somebody, because that's the thing about, uh, we'll cover this in the next one uh, extensively, uh, but everybody involved, their parents, everybody involved except for law enforcement did everything right. Right, they right. all did everything that they should have. They did everything that they could have. Uh, but Klebold did not tell anybody what was going on with him. Like I right. said earlier, like eventually it would have gotten too bad for him to hide. It would have just gotten it it, it would have been a, a fucking, you know, it, he might have, you know, had to be institutionalized institutionalized or something like that. But telling somebody and going through some sort of short-term discomfort to get your shit taken care of is so much better than not telling someone, having it fucking bubble over and you doing something that you cannot fucking take back and that is the worst thing that you can do is doing something that you cannot take back a hundred percent of people that went to commit suicide they go to commit suicide they talk about jumpers yeah a hundred percent that jumped and lived said as soon as they made the movement to jump they were like oh fuck <laughs> well it's just this it's just they were just like oh oh sh oh this is dumb yeah. oh now i see oh <laughs> becky could have liked me yeah right. well it's nice to have a, that kind of moment of zen i would assume the four seconds it takes you for to hit the water or the concrete or uh Quite enlightening. <laughs> I would imagine yeah. so. You want to live for the first time. Um, I'd be too busy going, woo, 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 woo. But of course, woo. don't shoot up a school if you want to be cool. Order pizza. <laughs> Order pizza while you're sitting in class. Uh, that'll make you the coolest kid around. Everybody be knows the dude it. dude who steals the peach schnapps from your parents' liquor cabinet. Exactly. <laughs> Do something fun like that. And like you were saying, Henry, turn you know turn these angst and turn this anger uh, into a product. You can you can really be productive with these things because it's not wrong. You are right. When you're young and you think everybody is stupid and your parents are wrong and teachers are dumb, you're right. I, at no point do I disagree with 17-year-old Ben. I nailed it. Everyone's a jackass. The world's shit. And everyone, uh, it, it is a very difficult place to exist. But eventually so it evens out because then you get, to be the, you get to be the idiot in charge eventually. Exactly. <laughs> and so wait it out and you become the idiot in charge like Henry just said and uh, life becomes a little bit easier. Yeah, it just takes a little while. Right. Um, and I also like to give a little reading from the book, uh, the, uh, the Satanic Bible that I've been reading that is really uh, this little quote is for something to me that has made me feel um, more powerful recently. Um, 
He that is slow to believe anything and everything is of great understanding, for belief in one false principle is the beginning of all unwisdom. Whenever, therefore, a lie is built unto itself a throne, let it be assailed without pity and without regret, for under the domination of an inconvenient falsehood, no one can prosper. You're a nerd. <laughs> you, I, I cannot believe that women talk to you. It is that, it, That's written this. by Aleister Crowley, the man who was he was in an orgy at the time. Anton LaVey. Yeah. Yeah, Ant- oh, Anton what, LaVey. What kind of Satanist are you? I'm not a Satanist. <laughs> we don't even get into it. I am no. a Satanist. Calm if, down, for I am the highest embodiment of human life. <laughs> if I had to choose, yes. Uh, there are some great tenets of Satanism. Uh, I want to give a... The woman who views that as romantic is the woman that, that will tolerate me until I'm a... I'm a corpse yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great uh i want to give a uh, a shout out to a listener uh misty rains i was oh. going through a bit of a hard time right now uh so misty just fucking keep on going you're gonna get through it and i also want to officially announce this week that our new t-shirts new t-shirts hey, on sale please uh, don't wear insane. these while committing a crime guys <laughs> if you could <laughs> unless it's a crime of worst passion. thing you can do no no crime no crime a crime of a public crime of, sex a crime of passion is murder ben no mm-hmm. it's not murder i it's thought rape. a crime of passion a crime was of passion. no a yeah. crime of passion is when you go to a Publix and steal subs <laughs> isn't that a crime of passion what is wrong with you people and i have to say on july 6th i'm doing fox news's red eye at 3 a.m ah. so i got a tv uh-huh. credit and it's just before the sun comes up, oh, well, uh, which man, is very good. So give that get a watch. Get the word out, man. That's get, what I'm saying. Get That's the, the kind word of grassroots out. campaign we've been looking for. <laughs> yep. So our uh, our T-shirts, if you go to cavecomedyradio.com slash last podcast on the left, uh, you can order the new T-shirts. They were designed by... Uh, yeah, yo, Ineko? He's You never say it right. We have to no, stop no, saying I, it. No, no, I no, no. I asked. Okay. I, I, I asked them, uh, and uh, they said, yeah, yo, Ineko. And you say they because the pronouns does not want to be addressed as he or she, which uh, which is totally fine. Yeah, yeah, yo, Ineko. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that is, uh, if you go to yayoineko.tumblr.com, uh, you can go see their uh, artwork and all that. Done great, a lot great. of really cool last podcast on the left artwork. Uh, yeah, yo, is also the noise I would make if I jumped off a building within those four seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hi, Algeen, everyone. We'll do a, uh, a hail yourselves. Thank you guys so much for listening. And um, yeah. Hail Satan. Make sure um, to I want to say thanks to Neil Young for the contribution of your lyric for today's episode. I swear to God, it's Highlander. It is, it's, it's, I'm sure it was in Highlander. It's better, to burn, it's better to burn out than to fade away. That is literally a Neil Young lyric. I mean, I don't dispute you, Ben. Who but said it first? Neil I, Young. I don't know. Highlander was more like, I'm now a little bit off the top. And then they cut the guy's head off. Yeah. Find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks. That's Henry Loves You. I'm at Ben Kissel. And, of course, LP on the left. Uh-huh. And uh, also go and buy uh, the uh, new Cowman album. You can buy that at the thecowman.bandcamp dot com and we're also going to listen plug. to another track at the at the end of this episode we're just going to fucking keep playing the cow man throw it out there why not yeah you better start buying this shit
Yeah, and people are buying it actually. Hell yeah! Yeah, people That's are great. fucking yeah. We're, it's like people are buying it. It's like we're getting a lot of mm-hmm. we're getting a ton of great responses on the album, and we uh, thank every single person who bought it. Uh, it is about seven dollars for the Calman album. Seven bucks. Seven bucks, and one seventh of that goes to Holden McNeely. And so you know for a fact you're helping him die slowly through food, <laughs> because he is going to be buying uh, burritos and pizzas and random different rolls with all that, and of course Calman uh, and and Holden from the Round Table of Joe. They legitimately, his doctor legitimately said for him to stop eating burgers. Like he cut him off and then he called him yesterday and he's just like, would you believe there's a whole new, it's a burger, an arcade bar that's going to be opened up next to me. <laughs> his doctor, Holden McNeely's doctor told him he had to stop eating hamburgers like a father telling an infant or, 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 or a middle school child. You have to stop eating. He's eating too many hamburgers. He's an adult. Yeah, and like, a doctor has to, a doctor went to medical school and it's just like, and now I tell people people who are fat not to eat hamburgers. Oh my God, I've never seen anything like this before. It's very inside, but uh, it's it's very, very funny. Listen to the round table of gentlemen and to, to really understand why Holden McNeely is so disgusting. Yes. And now hear him sing a song. Beautiful. <laughs> Thanks so much for supporting all the shows here on Cave Comedy Radio. Top Hat, Round Table, uh, Sex and Other Human Activities, Page 7, those things. Make us Make us. Yeah, John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Ashley's Memorial Day mattress sale is going on now. Save big on select adjustable mattress sets up to $1,200 on Beautyrest Black. 
up to $800 on Purple, and up to $500 on Tempur-Pedic. Plus, get 72-month special financing with select in-store mattress purchases made with your Ashley Advantage Synchrony credit card between May 14th and June 3rd. Visit your local Ashley store or ashley.com for better sleep and savings. Only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. No minimum purchase required. See store for details.